So it's fun to be in places like that because I think Pastor Kim's always like, what's he going to do now? <laughs> but it's all good. We had a great time. The weather was very warm, but it was fun um, and just enjoyed ourselves very much. Thank you for letting us get away. I want to talk to you this morning uh, just uh, about stuff that, if you're like most people and, and like myself, uh, there are things that happen in life. And, and stuff you don't even like, I mean, it's not like everything that happens, you go, I like that. The Bible says, I love this in Romans eight twenty eight, one of my favorite scriptures, all things work together. Everybody say all. All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that all things are good. Just as they work together for our good. So sometimes we go through some crud. Sometimes some stuff happens you maybe didn't have any control over. Sometimes things are in front of you, and it's tough because you're like, how do I get through this? So I want to start this, this series. I'm not sure how many weeks it's going to go, but it's called Mission Impossible. Do you ever have anything that just seems like, oh, this, I don't, know, I don't even know how God's going to do this. I don't know how this is going to work. I got too many of these stinking bills. Anybody got stinking bills? I don't know of a bill that smells really good. Well, I got too many of this stuff going on, so I'm just, Lord. I feel like that guy in the Bible sometimes, help my unbelief. Help me say and do the things that you've called me to do. But you know what happens? We've got to have somebody that will light the fuse. I get to do that every week for the next how many weeks? So I'm excited. Thank you, Ron Clayton. I, I got here and I forgot my matches. And bless his heart, he's like, I got your back. Got me some matches. So I want to talk to us just about stuff that, it may, maybe it's not, you know, maybe you're like, you know what, my life is just gravy train. Nothing ever goes wrong in my life. I live on easy street. I have all the money I need. There's nothing wrong in my life. Nobody ever hurts me. And I never get, you know, cavities. I'm never constipated. I've been gone for a week, so, you know. <laughs> this is good to be back. Romans 4, 19 through 25. This is a scripture I'm sure you'll know. It says, And Abraham, his faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that today, Lord, we, we hit the target. Lord, that today is one of those days where we just grab the revelation, and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. My friends, if God promised you something, he'll do it. If he promises you something, he'll do it. He always keeps his promises. He is not a man that he should lie. There is no shadow of turning in him. If he said it, it's done. It's, he's going to do it. Some people say, you know what? I've dreamed. I had a dream a long time ago, and it's never come to pass. God still brings dreams to pass. 
I don't care if it's 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. If God said he'll do it, he'll do it. Now, if you want to nullify that, that's up to you. But if you can just stay connected to him, it will come to pass. There's some things that, you know, Father, if we're going to do this, what do we have to do just to, to maybe stay on course? Maybe we're this impossible mission because the Bible does say with God, all things are possible. So because I just think they're impossible doesn't mean they're impossible. They could be impossible, but they're still doable with God. Impossible to us, not impossible to him. We look at the life of Abraham and Sarah. They were promised a son. It seemed impossible. Abraham's like, I'm 100. And he knows how old Sarah is. In their own ability for that to happen, they would have to, now listen, they'd have to expect the possible in the impossible. What is your expectation? My wife told the dream team today, here's the word God gave her, expectation. And I thought, how huge is that? Because what are you expecting? If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it. But if you're expecting something, if you have your heart and your mind set, God, you told me this, I know it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. And isn't that what happens with us? We get everything how? How is he going to do it? That's not our job. Our job is to believe. His job is to do. Now, we have to put our hands to what he tells us to do. I get that. But how he works all that out, that's how he does it. That's why he's God. He just has everything worked out. Aren't you glad that the fuse is lit? We'll have to have that music before the thing's over again. That just is too cool. But, you know, for Abraham and Sarah to even believe what God is saying, I'm going to give you. You know, and we've talked about this before. He, he gave them a picture. He took Abraham out and said, look at the stars. Because Abraham needed to see something. Sometimes y'all just need a picture. You know, I wanted to lose weight. I got a picture of me when I was thin. Because I wanted to see it. I forgot what it looked like. She didn't. I did. <laughs> You know, but he showed Abraham, here's a picture. And then he's, look at the sand. Here's a picture. So Abraham is actually getting now, he's, he's, God is bringing up his expectation. Say amen to that. God wants your expectation to be past where it is now. Because we just expect the same old, same old. God doesn't want you to expect that. He's bigger than that. The Bible says that his train fills the temple. How many have ever been to a wedding? And the, the bride's train, you know what that, you know, the long thing on her head that hangs down, there are people that take great care of that. Make sure it's all spread out. The Bible talks about God, his train filling the temple. Can I just say, if his train fills the temple, what's the robe like? He's bigger than what you think. He's got more than what you know. He's infinite. He's, he's got everything that you need. So for Abraham, he'd have to ignore the natural circumstances. He'd have to ignore his age. He'd have to believe God to do the possible what seemed impossible. And he'd have to know in his heart that God is able. People, do you believe God is able? Do you believe that God could somehow 
do something that you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Kim and I have walked up against battle after battle after battle after battle, not knowing how that's going to happen. And God would just come through. And I still, there's some things, I don't know how he did it. We have groceries that were left on our porch before when we didn't have any food. I don't know to this day who brought them. I don't know if the grocery angel brought them. I don't know if there were five or six bags and they were full of not just like great value, although those are nice, they were full of name brand stuff. I mean, regular Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. So the kids are like, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, all kinds of stuff. Still to this day, don't know who did that. We, we needed money, a certain amount, and we prayed, we believed, we sowed for it and said, God, I don't even know what, I don't know how it's going to happen. We got to have this money. And everybody in the house was being hit by sickness. They were all, we had three bathrooms in the house, and every one of them was being used one way or another. And, and I had to go preach, and I, you know, there's one of those, I don't know where I'm going to pull that from. I knew what I was going to preach, but I just was wiped out. <laughs> I didn't mean that the way that sounded. <laughs> Moving on. But we, you know, Kim and I are givers. We always believe in sowing. We always believe in sowing. I'm going to show you by the end of this, even at the end of this series, you know the best way for debt cancellation is sowing. Sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. And so we just believe in the seed. And we just sow and we believed. And I was, I, we had all the kids together. They were just little. And, and they weren't, you know, they're still in their jammas and they were sick and and I had to go to church, and Kim was, you know, stand, and, you know, and I mean it. I had to go. That's my job. I get it. But I'm telling you, in my heart, I did not want to go. Just being real and human, I didn't want to go and tell everybody what they should do when at my house hell is breaking loose. And all, you know, we have need, we have this, we have that, and everybody's sick. And so I gathered them together, and this is, now listen to me, this is a choice I made. So I said, we're going to believe God. And the kids, they just look at us and they just, sometimes like, you know, Mal or Zach or Sam, Maddie, they, they don't really understand all except they just trust you. Come on, somebody. They don't have to understand. They just know if mom and dad, I, I just believe you. And they, and they believe God, but you know, you're the next thing. You're the connection to God from them as parents. And we just said, we're believing God. We need a certain amount of money, and God's going to do it. You guys, are, you guys are going to get better. I didn't even know what I know now, and I'm still learning. We prayed, and I walked out the door, and I opened the door, and on the door was an envelope, and on the envelope it said, to the man of God, taped to our door. I don't know who brought it. I pulled the envelope down, and we needed $450, and we needed it like yesterday. In the envelope, and nobody knew that. We didn't go around saying, I'd just like to tell you my bills. We didn't do that. $500 was in the envelope. What's 10% of $500? What's left? $450. I brought that money back in. I called all the kids back and I said, look what God just did. I remember my eyes were full of tears and Pastor Kim's eyes were full of tears and we hugged our kids and we said, you, you just can't outdo God. He's amazing. You know what happened inside myself? I'm like, get me to that pulpit. Because God can do the impossible, guys. Here's four thoughts we want to unpack today. 
focus, number one. Two, make up your mind. Number three, give glory to God. And number four, be all in. So let's do the first one, focus. You ever heard that saying, get the meat, throw away the bones? You got a lot of people out there, they're just like, I don't like this. I don't like he said this or he said that or she said he said. You know, everybody's, people are human. I might say something you don't like. I might say a joke you've heard before. Just throw grace my way, okay? I'd try to remember something else, but I'm not going to say it. So anyway, God is good. So focus, just get the meat. What, what did God bring you here for? Stick with what God said instead of what your circumstances say. Your circumstances can scream loud, but yet God is amazing. If you listen to him, he can tell you something that's bigger than your circumstances. Abraham, he didn't take into account what was right in front of him, his age. He knew, the Bible says, we just read the scripture. I know how old I am. I know what I can do and what I can't do. The other, now, we were just at Disney World and we walked. I'm telling you, one day we put almost, almost eight miles in or something. At Disney World. So we were hiking. Hi-ho. Hi-ho. <laughs> you know, like, and we were, I mean, some, we were tired. You know, by the time we were done, when we got back to the hotel, our feet were like, <laughs> it was all good. But I remember my sister had said something. She said, boy, I bet you had energy. And she, she later, she said, I, I break that. That's not you. You could do more things when you were 22, she said, than when you are now. And then she goes, no, you can't. You know what? You can do whatever God tells you to do. You can do it. I break that. And I told her, I said, yes, because I, when she said it, I didn't, I didn't say anything to her. I didn't say, like, you shouldn't say that to me. I can do whatever I want. I didn't, I didn't say anything like that. But she, you know, she had heard the Holy Spirit and said, you know, you know what? God just, he just did it. Our vacation was, was wonderful. My, my feet, other than being tired a little bit, but, I mean, we were fine. We could have kept going. God is amazing. But if your expectation is, I can't do anything anymore. I can't do that anymore. What's God telling you? He's telling Abraham, uh, I, I know how old you are. I made you. Abraham is saying, I, I'm seeing that. He knows that. But he wasn't influenced, listen, by what he could see. He wasn't influenced by the natural. What he saw on the outside. He's influenced by what God spoke to him on the inside. By the spiritual. Brett, you need to be realistic. I'm not talking about not being realistic. You know, somebody, depending on how you answer, you know, I remember somebody said, you know, you're, told me, you, you're sick. You sound sick. I don't, I don't get sick very often. My wife can tell you, my kids can tell you, I'm very rarely ever sick. I tried sick, I don't like it. So I, I, I refuse to get it. I mean, and then if I, if anything would ever, then I just, I just go to war with it and I don't stay that way. So if somebody says you're sick, my response might be, I'm not going to say, I know, duh, you know, that's like going to the doctor. You're sick. That'll be $75. I could have stayed home and said that, but you know what I'm saying? I, I might say it can't stay on my body. I will. I will not stay this way. I might not sound myself now, but I'm telling you every minute I'm being healed by the power of God and I will speak life to myself. I'm not denying things happen. I get that. But I am not moved by the natural. I, 
I, I put this in big things in my notes. Don't put your concentration on the limits you see with your eyes or your five senses. Don't put limits on because I see this. That's it. That's it. It's done. That's it. Have you ever looked at something and somebody else sees it and you can't see it, but they can? Have you ever searched for something and you're looking and looking and then your kid comes up after you've been looking for 20 minutes, goes right there. And you've been staring right there at it and you're like. We went into a Mexican restaurant, Disney World, so dark in there, so dark. Kim goes, do you want my glasses? She has like readers. I'm like, what good's it do? I can't even see my hand. I don't know. I mean, pretty much it was pretty dark and it was cool, but you know, I couldn't even read the menu. There was not enough light. Don't let your circumstances dictate to you. Don't let your concentration be on what you see in the natural. There's things happening past your natural senses. doesn't matter what you're believing God for. You don't have to consider the circumstances surrounding that situation. Start asking God, what do I do about this? Past what I can do. Past what I can see. Past what I understand. God, what are you saying? When you're involved... When God is involved, he is what you consider. When God is involved, he is the number one thing you consider. Because in your own self, you can't do it. But with God, with God, you can do anything. Because all things are possible to him who believes. What has God told you? What does his word say about the situation? Whose report will you believe? The doctor can tell you one thing. The doctor isn't God. What is God telling you? If you allow your circumstances to speak louder than your faith, your faith will become weak. The word weak means to be feeble or diseased or sick. Abraham's faith was strong. He knew how old he was. He knew how old Sarah was. He knew all that. But God was involved. Everybody say, but God. He knew what God had told him. As far as he was concerned, it is done. Here's our second thought for this morning. You need to make up your mind. If God says something to you, make up your mind. Indecision is a big killer, isn't it? It's just, you know, just being able to decide something. Some of us, you know, men and women, we're very different. Where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you want to go? I don't care. What are you hungry for? I don't care. I'm, I'm whatever you're hungry for. No, I'll go here. No, no, that's fine. Whatever. Okay. What's the matter? I didn't want to go here. So, you know, the enemy loves to get you an indecision. But see, Abraham, and I, you know, I'm being silly, but that's minor. But I'm talking about the big things that you're facing. The mountain. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about what you believe and what you say. And we're going to talk about how I'm going to show you what you can do to move the mountain. You got any mountains? We're going to talk about it. But I'm telling you right now, if you just have God involved... We make up our mind. Genesis, clear back at 18. We don't have to read this, 1 through 15. You'll see where Sarah laughed. You're going to have a baby. And she laughs. Abraham said nothing of unbelief about it. In other words, even though she did, he didn't waver. Because he understood. I don't even have to understand this, God. If you said it, it's, it's good. that's good enough for me. He didn't doubt or question God's promise. James 1, 6 and 7 says this. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. You understand what this is saying? It's not in circumstances. It's not in a person. It's not in someone else. It is in God alone. 
Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown tossed by the wind. Such people do not expect to receive anything from the Lord. There's people in, in church all, you know, and I've had it, you, we've all done it. We've went to church and had a great experience, maybe a, a spiritual experience. God touched us in something. And we were at church and we were like, yes, and we were raising the banner. Yes, all God. God is great. God is good. Oh, yeah. And as soon as we get home, the circumstances we were facing now are still looking at us. You make your way past the table that has the bills on it. You make your way to the refrigerator that doesn't have much in it. Come on, somebody. You get in your car and the tank's on W for walk. I mean, you just, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, it sounded so good in church. What did PB mean? What was he talking? How does this happen for me? People fall away when something doesn't happen right away. They say things in the beginning and they're strong. And as soon as the enemy rises that circumstance up again, their voice changes. What comes out of their mouth changes. They begin to rethink and relook at that. And they begin to make up rationalized reasons or excuses. And we've all done it. I've done it. Just so that we'll feel better. But Hebrews says, faith and patience bring the promise. Don't you love patience? That's not people in the hospital. I'm talking about patience. You know, just where you have to, you ever tell your kid, if you eat all your vegetables, you can have some ice cream. And your kid's like, I don't want to eat my, my, I'd be throwing my vegetables to the dog. When my mom wasn't looking. This is a side note, but when I grew up, when my mom made spinach, I never had spinach except with vinegar. Something wrong with that. I didn't know there was spinach. You could have it any other way. She'd say, you got to eat your spinach. And I'm thinking, I am not Popeye. What do I? But she'd make me eat my spinach. You can't get out on the table till you eat your spinach. Here, put some vinegar on it. That'll help it. Vinegar is nasty. If our kids ever lipped off to us, we'd put vinegar on our finger and touch their mouth with it. And they'd go... Because it's nasty. You lip off, they give you vinegar. That's what they do in hell. I know they do. I don't know if they do that. Never been there. Not going, okay? <laughs> you know, see, Abraham, considering not and staggering not, they go hand in hand. In other words, I'm not even going to think about that. No, 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 no. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts that are going to give me double-mindedness. Now, and this is where people blow it, because when they have the thoughts, they think, okay, that's me. It, my faith isn't intact. Can I tell you, the enemy will shoot the thoughts there. It's what you do with the thoughts once they get there. Casting down imagination. Come on. Putting every thought into captivity. If it goes against the word of God, and it goes against what he said, I am not going to consider it. I'm not going to stagger with it. I'm not going to be double-minded. I'm not going to just do any of that. The enemy will always try to get you to doubt your situation and get you to look at the circumstance. Peter, check out these waves. You can't walk on water. Who do you think you are, Jesus? What are you doing out here? How stupid of you to get out of the boat. Lord, help me. He'll always try to get you to look at your circumstances. He's always going to get you to try to doubt the validity of God's word. What did God tell you? Didn't he do that with Eve? Did God say, Eve, what, what did he say? You know why he said that? Because, and he will, 
twist. If he can get you to consider something beside what God said, then he can get you to stagger. If you stagger, you'll forfeit the promises you've been waiting on. And I'm telling you because there's some things I think that I've forfeited that I'm, that I'm sowing and getting back because I staggered. Now, if you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what, I have blown it so many times, it's okay. I mean, it's no, really, we, we don't want to say it's okay to blow it, but I'm saying, thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Thank God that we have a Savior that's bigger than when you've blown it. Thank God we have a Savior that blood can wash you clean. Thank God you have Jesus. So if we can just understand, Lord, let me stand in that grace. Help me to stand strong. Too many of us have, have what Proverbs 19.1 calls a perverted mouth. Having a perverted mouth means more than lying and using profanity. It means having a disobedient mouth. It means saying things that are out of line with the word of God. And all of us have done it. I've done it. You've done it. We all say, for instance, we're believing God for our healing. We're leaving God for this or financial breakthrough or whatever you're believing for. And we're doing that. And then when we turn right around, we make the statement, this pain's about to kill me. I'll never get ahead. That's perverted. It's backward from what God's word said. Well, now listen, I want you to hear me. Well, I know, but God knows what I meant. I just got busted for this in my spirit the other day. God knows what I meant. You ever did that? He knows my heart. The world of the spirit doesn't operate on what you meant. It operates on what you said. When it comes to that kind of thing, we can say, oh, I know what I mean. I'm sure you do know what you mean, but you know what happens? It's what you say. Mark eleven twenty three tells us, whosoever shall say into this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says have come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Notice the verse doesn't say whatever you mean. Whoever, <laughs> whoever means this but doesn't say that, then you'll have what you mean. That's not what it says. It says what you say, not what you mean. So it's what you say that counts. This is a say covenant. Don't consider the situation or the circumstances. Are are they real? Yes. But then recognize there's a miracle on the way. Recognize there's a Messiah that's about to step in. Recognize that Jesus is about to come to your boat. Recognize that he's about to roll some stuff away. Recognize that he's going to come into the room. Recognize that stuff's about to multiply. Recognize that whatever you need, he's about to supply. Listen to me. You had to acknowledge you were a sinner to be saved. You had to acknowledge you needed a healer to be healed. You have to acknowledge the facts. You don't have to dwell on them. Lord, here's what's going on, but you're bigger than what's going on. Here's what I'm experiencing, but God, you're bigger than my experiences. Here's what I'm feeling. God, you're not basing everything on my feelings. Feelings are fickle. Feelings are fickle. Let's look at the facts of the word. I don't care what you feel. There's a story of a couple sons in there, and they tricked their dad. One of them put on fur just to make him believe he was somebody else. And if, he, if he'd have listened, 
and went by, well, you don't sound, but boy, you feel like him. I want to base things on the word. We don't put our faith in, in the facts of what we see, hear, feel, taste, touch. We put our faith in the word of God. Let your faith take up space in your brain, not your facts of whatever the enemy is telling you. Abraham knew how old he was, and he knew the condition of his body. But he didn't consider that because God had told him something different. I said he didn't consider it because God had told him something different. God had spoken to him, and he said, all right. Why do you think we can call things that are not as though they are? Because when you have things that are not, you're going to have to get a hold of God to call them like they are. In other words, like they will be. I probably got that mixed up, but you know what I mean. Call things that are other than they're not. That's it, whatever. It works. You that are watching online, just take good notes. I don't know. Here comes our third thing we're going to unpack. Give glory to God. Abraham gave glory to God before anything ever happened. Everybody say before. Because it doesn't take any faith once it shows up. Anybody can do that. It's when you believe before you, re- you received it when you prayed, not when it showed up. So before it shows up, we were already telling those kids, God's going to do this. I mean, I could just see Zach with those beautiful eyes. He had eyelashes that, I mean, if he flapped them big enough, he could probably fly. <laughs> that, that boy could break anybody's heart, man. He just had them big old eyes and just cute as a button. Looked a lot like his father's amazing. What I'm saying is, you know, I could just see him saying, Daddy, how's God going to do it? And I could just look at him and say, Honey, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm not concerned with that. I just know he is. But we were able to say, Look how good God is. Give glory to God. Thank him when you pray. Receive it already by faith. Today you might be facing some impossible things. Maybe you can't ignore them. They do exist. We have things that we're up against. There are mountains in front of us. As a church, personally, all those things, God's bigger than that. Receive them, the answers by faith. I'm not going to consider them. I'm going to consider God. Bread is that hard? (laughs) You betcha. It's not easy. Because you feel that pressure. But yet there's God. You know, there's stuff as a pastor that, you know, I'm, I'm being Disney World, America's happy place. And my phone is going off because there's some things that I'm sure people aren't happy. But I have to choose on what to be. I mean, life is full of choices. There's going to be people that, they, you know, they, they're upset and they don't get happy till you're upset. So then they're happy if you're upset, as upset as they are. How, well, I'm not going to say how many know anybody like that, but... Let your faith have a voice, ladies and gentlemen. Let your faith speak. Let your faith dwell up inside you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Let it build up. Start saturating yourself with the word of God. Because the answers aren't going to be out in the natural realm. There'll be things that you can put your hand to, yes. But your answer is going to come from God. Now, he might use natural to get it. But if you don't know, hear him to how to know and where to who and how to who put that in your notes but you're gonna have to figure out how god how am i gonna do this and he's gonna tell you let your faith have a voice 
There's people trying to receive God's word, but they don't even know the word. I can't, I can't be, if this is the only time you feed on the word, you are malnourished. You need to just start saying, God, you are my source. I have to have you. You know, in the Bible, the Bible is so precious. You don't think it's precious. Go watch some stuff or read some stuff about the Holocaust and stuff. They were taking pages of this book. And if they could just get a page of it in prison, they were like, oh my gosh, the Bible. Because every word is bread of life. It's one thing to say, I think so, or I heard. It's another thing to say, I know. My beautiful wife, she'll tell me, just tell me what, what God told you. That's all I want to know. Just tell me, if God told you that, that's what I want to know. Not what you think, as long as you know. And that's what she says too. If I know God told me that, then I'm good. Why? Because now I have a foundation. It doesn't matter what it looks like around. I have God. It doesn't matter if there's a Red Sea in front of me. I got God. It doesn't matter if I don't have food. I got God. It doesn't matter if I have and I have need of funds. I got God. It doesn't matter if Pharaoh's coming behind me. There's collectors calling me every day. I got God. Because now listen, here's people that will say stuff to me. You gotta, God's got to help me get the collectors off my back. And he can help you do that. But here's another key. Quit signing the papers. Don't keep yourself in that cycle. There's got to be a change. You've got to put your hand to saying, God, what do you want me to do? Brings us to our last point this morning. Be all in. The Bible says he was fully persuaded. Oh, dear God, if I had some fully persuaded people. Fully persuaded. In other words, there's no, you cannot convince me. I have people that have always tried to tell me, well, you know, I just didn't see God do this. I didn't see him. It doesn't matter. I'm not arguing with you about what you saw. I've seen too much. I've seen God do too many things, too many miracles. You know what? You can't convince me God's not at work. You can't convince me there's nothing he can. He can do anything because he's God. I really don't know how he'll do it. I just know he'll do it. It's God's responsibility to do. If you feel your ship is about to sink, the waves are too big, the swells are too deep, the storm doesn't seem to be letting up, Remember this. Professionals built the Titanic and said it would never sink, and it did. Amateurs built the ark. Now let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> There's a pun on words. Let that sink in for a minute. I mean, it's just amazing when God is with you. True story. Ready? First year of midget football, we were the champions. For real. Miami Dolphins. I played offense and defense. Was the punter. Was on kickoff return. I was in the game the whole time. Loved football. Eat, live, breathe football. Other kids, they'd pull their teddy bear out from them when they'd go to bed. My mom would have to peel the helmet off me. I'd be sleeping with a football. True. <laughs> in the league, I was in the top, under the top, like top three or four for scoring and all that. I mean, just, God was, I loved football. Just loved it. And I remember, this is just one particular day, one particular game. They, they did this. We were winning. And they said, we're going to do this power left. 
Well, I was a power right. I was the left halfback. So they, the quarterback takes the ball, turns around. I guess he turns this way, and he spins, flips the ball to me. I go around the right side. You know, that's the deal. So I'm thinking Jim Brown. You know what I'm saying? I'm going around that corner. I go around that corner. I, I put a couple jukes on, get past the line. Because once you kind of break that line, then it's just, whoo! Then it's kind of like, you're in, you're in the field now. And so I'm in the field, and I mean, I break a couple tackles, and there is nobody beside me. I am running as fast as I can. You know, and this is one of those, if you were Howard Cosell, he's at the 40, the 45, the 50. I mean, no, you guys don't even know who Howard Cosell is, do you? All these young people are going, Howie who? Anyway, I'm, I'm running. There's nobody to stop me, and there is one little kid. And I'm saying little. Now, he's got pads and a helmet on. But, I mean, I am like a truck. I am, the ri- I am the Hulk running towards this end zone. And this is what's going through my mind. <laughs> Hulk smash. I'm thinking a couple things as I'm running there. I mean, the crowd is going nuts, and I can hear them. And I'm like, yes. Don't you know pride comes before the fall? And these are the two thoughts. This is a true story. I'm thinking I could lower my shoulder and knock this kid into Kansas. Because he's not going to stop me. He's like standing on the five. I can knock him back five yards. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I thought. No, I'll jump over him. (laughs) Now, again, about these circumstances, I did. I mean, I, you know, and there's nobody. And my team is like, yeah, go, Gleason. And I get to this kid and I, that kid jumps he catches me like right here i do a complete flip in the air land on the football every ounce of air in my body says we're out of here (laughs) on the two yard line or something like that (laughs) they have to take me off for one play this kid their whole team is raising this kid up yeah you're the greatest i mean what i'm saying is this you think god can't I was just, oh, I felt so bad. I felt so stupid. The coach is like, what are you thinking? What are you, a gazelle? I mean, I can understand if you just lowered your shoulder, but why didn't you just get past him like you did all the rest? I don't know, coach. The rest of the story is I was out of play, went back in, and I ended up scoring the touchdown. That's fine. But this kid was, we beat him. This kid was a hero. They carried him off on their shoulders. Because he saved the touchdown for that dramatic long run. And I ate humble pie for I don't know how many weeks after that. I mean, at practice, they're going, hey, Gleason, you want to see if you can jump from here to here? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to be so well-versed or well-trained. But what you do have to have is faith in God. And when you have faith in God, you will have faith in you because God is in you. That little kid, he didn't know. I'm, I'm probably, he's probably thinking, this is do or die. I'm going to sacrifice my body. <laughs> but it was my body that got sacrificed. <laughs> if God is behind it, then your ship won't go down, people. Jesus is watching, and he sees you struggling. He's about to come on the water. I'm telling you, don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your expectation. Continue it. Watch what you say. Be all in. It doesn't matter if there's doubters in the room. Let them doubt all they want. But when it's all said and done, when the smoke is cleared, it'll be you standing there and you're going to say, God did it. 
If God can make an axe head float, a 90-year-old woman have a baby, part the Red Sea, turn the water into wine, raise the dead, make the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, multiply oil, flour, fish, and bread, walk on the water, cast out demons, heal the sick. He can help you. Focus, make up your mind, give him the glory, and be all in. Next week, we're going to talk about how to move a mountain. We're going to talk about what we believe and what we say. And we'll be able to do... God's got so many big things in store for you. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm talking from experience. I'm not talking... It's not like I don't have mountains in my yard or in front of my face. I do. But I have a bigger God. I'm not going to consider that. I'm going to consider Him. I'm not going to let my faith stagger. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to be all in. God, you called this. This is your church. These are your people. He wants good things for you. Believe it. Expect it. And then do whatever he says to put your hand to it. If you can get any lessons from me, especially when it comes to football or whatever, don't don't let pride keep you. You know, if I would have just did what I needed to do, I, I wouldn't have had to wait two plays to get in the end zone. I don't want to be full of self. I want to be selfless. I want to be full of God. We're full of God. He makes all the difference in the world. Say amen to that. Bow your heads, close your eyes, please. Heavenly Father, such a privilege to again be in this pulpit and speak to these wonderful people. I pray, Lord, with those that are in the house today, they got something, something connected. As the prayer team is up here ready to just pray and believe with you, if you have any needs, we want to see God work in your life so that you can testify about his greatness. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you're saying, PB, Pastor Brett, I, I, I need Jesus to be number one for me. I, I, I've, I've had him in my life, but I've kind of pushed him back. Or maybe you've never put him in your life. Either one will work, but I want to pray with you. If that's you, I just want you to, uh, to raise your hand. Let me pray with you today.